You are listening to African Perspectives with host Brother Oshie on Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up at timeforanawakening at gmail.com. Take 
to African Perspectives, where we review the issues of our day from an African worldview and African-centered perspective. This program is unapologetically African. It is a custom in the African tradition to ask elders for permission to speak, having been granted permission to our ancestors whose shoulders we stand on, to our elders whose shadows we walk in. I greet you, my dear brothers and sisters, in the language of one of the greatest civilizations on this planet, it gave the world the basic disciplines of knowledge of science, math, architecture, music, writing, law, religion, you name it, we did it. The Greeks called it Egypt, but they called themselves Kemet, and Kemet means land of the blacks. I greet you all in the Kemetic language, the word of peace, Hotep. It is truly an honor and a privilege to pour libation because we truly do stand on the shoulders of those who came before us. We're going to use water because water has no enemies. Water is the great cleanser, the great purifier. Everything on the planet that lives, it needs water from a tiny microscopic organism to a tall redwood tree. We pour water into the earth to invoke the spirits of our ancestors and we say the word ashe. It simply means so be it. So we pour this libation to God for all that God has done and for all that God will do. We sashay. We pour this libation to Mother Africa, birthplace of all humanity, everyone who has lived, everyone who will live in the future. We all have a common ancestral root in Africa. We pour this libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. I mentioned Kemet in the opening. Kemet was the height, the apex, the zenith of African high culture. But there were others as well, as Tymeri, Punt, and Nubia. So we poured us libation to the classical civilizations of Africa. We say Ashe. We poured us libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa, of Ghana, Mali, Zangai, 
Benin, Great Zimbabwe, civilizations that were flourishing and growing while Europe was in a medieval or dark age. The University of Sankare at Timbuktu, an outstanding educational institution. So he poured us libation to the contemporary civilizations of Africa. We say, Ashe? We poured us libation to the Ma'afa, the Holocaust of our enslavement, the Infakani, the great tragedy, uprooted out of Africa. Our brothers and sisters lay a carpet along the Atlantic Ocean. We're in North America, South America, Central America, and throughout the diaspora. So he poured us libation to our brothers and sisters who suffered the Ma'afa, the Infakani, the Holocaust of our enslavement, the great tragedy. We poured us libation in their honor and in their memory. We do not know their names, but because of them and their sacrifice, we are here. So we sashay. We poured us libation to those who fought against enslavement. If you ever heard me do a libation, you will know that we were not slaves. I repeat, we were not slaves. We were captives. What does a captive want to do? Get free. So we poured us libation to all those men and women who fought against enslavement. In fact, I maintain that some of us are more of a slave today than we were in our initial captivity because some of us are a slave to vice, to corruption, to drugs, sex, and violence. So we poured us libation to those who fought against enslavement. Gabriel Prosser, Nat Turner, Denmark Vesey, Harriet Tutman. We always resisted. And we will always resist. So we poured us libation in the name and the honor of those men and women who fought against our captivity. We poured us libation to those unborn, those young men and women who will once again lead us back on the stage of human history as a free and proud and productive people. We sashay. We poured us libation to brotherhood and sisterhood together for the union of family. We need each other. We don't have good family life. There's a saying, conditions shape conduct and consciousness. The conditions in our community are bad. The conduct towards each other is not good. Because why? We lack consciousness. And consciousness is more than just awareness. Consciousness is a deeper understanding of who you are historically, who you are culturally. So once we begin to understand the importance of brotherhood and sisterhood together for the union of family. Brothers and sisters, let us all say, Ashe, Ashe, Ashe. Shimhotep means go in peace. Good morning, African world. You're listening to African Perspectives here on the Motherland Media Network on timeforanawakening.com and blacktalkradionetwork.com. And I'm your host, Baba Oshi, Hotel Family. Hope everything is well for you today. Hope you're going to have a good day today that you're going to get a chance to do all the things you want to do, should do, must do, can do, and will do. Hoping, too, the weather will be accommodating for you to do it wherever you are. And you're going to get it done. Other programming we have here. This is African Perspectives. We're here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., 10 to 12 Central, 9 to 11 Mountain, 8 to 10 Pacific. Any other time around the world, but if you cannot listen to this program live, you can always go to our archives at timeforanawakening.com. Top of the page, you'll see podcasts. Click on that. The drop down, you'll see African Perspectives. Click on that, and there will be programs that are dated 
entitled. Also, too, you can use you can use the shortcut, whatever search engine you use. Put time put in babaoshi.net. B-A-B-A-O-S-H-I dot net. And once again, there will be programs that are dated and titled. Other programming we have here on Time for an Awakening. This program, of course, is Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. And all times are going to give our Eastern times. On Tuesdays, Black Reality Think Tank with your host, Brother Alfonso Watkins, in honor of Dr. William Rogers at 8 p.m. on Tuesdays. On Fridays, if it's Friday and it's 8 p.m., it's time for an awakening with Brother Elliot and Brother Richard. On Saturdays from 7 to 9, the Sankofa Elders Council. On Saturdays from 7 to 9. And then on Sunday at 7 p.m., it's time for an awakening with Brother Elliot and Brother Richard. Time for an awakening. All right, We Buy Black. We Buy Black, the largest online marketplace for American African-owned businesses is webuyblack.com. Get everything you need from American African-owned businesses, webuyblack.com. Products that are produced by us, family. That's right, products that are produced by us. Africa for the Africans, Brother Bamani Taihema is ready to uh, take our people once again on a trip of a lifetime to the motherland. This time, March 30th, this month, March 30th to April 9th to Senegal and Gambia. I know my good brother, Brother Irv Lewis is ready to go. I know he is. Happy for him. Um, This May, excuse me, May 24th to June 5th to Ghana, July 20th to July 30th to Rwanda, November 16th through the 27th, Tanzania. December 24th to to January 4th, 2024, Azenia. March 29th to April 9th, Liberia. July 11th to the 23rd, Ghana. And December, no, excuse me, November 21st to December 2nd, Kemet. Outstanding trips this brother has. Go to the website AfricaForTheAfricans.org. AfricaForTheAfricans.org. If you want to see pictures of previous tours, go to Facebook.com forward slash Bomani. If you want to see videos of previous tours, go to YouTube.com forward slash Bomani 2007. AfricaForTheAfricans.org. Habasha. Habasha Incorporated. Brothers and sisters, they have been doing the work. They're doing the work here in the Atlanta area with the sustainable agricultural programs they have. Habasha Works, Black to Our Roots, Sustainable Seeds, Golden Growers, and the Urban Green Jobs. But also they're doing the work in Ghana with the Kashi Project. So if you go to HabashaIncorporated.org, you can see beautiful pictures of brothers and sisters doing the work. HabashaIncorporated.org. Okay. The LEDGE Group. LEDGE stands for Land for the Environmental Development for Group Economics. They deal in the four areas of human existence for human beings to thrive and grow, which is food, water, clothing, and shelter. They have 12 projects in six different countries on the continent with over 170 employees and over 260 members. Brothers and sisters, become a member of the LEDGE Group. LEDGE, Land for the Environmental Development for Group Economics. The... um, 
Abibi Atumi, A-B-I-B-I-T-U-M-I, that's A-B-I-B-I-T-U-M-I.com, Abibiatumi.com. They have a conference coming up in July, July 7th through the 9th in Ghana, July 7th through the 9th in Ghana, and other things that are on the website, multiple number of programs that Abibi Atumi has going on. So check out Abibi Atumi, A-B-I-B-I-T-U-M-I.com. It's my pharmacy. Brothers and sisters, contact Brother Jabril. If you want to live more holistically, if you want to develop a program for your health, uh, not just this year, but coming years, give him a call at 770-765-7751, 770-765-7751. Smy Pharmacy, S-M-A-I-F-A-R-M-A-C-Y. So drop him an email, S-M-A-I-F-A-R-M-A-C-Y at Gmail. Dot com Smy Pharmacy. <sighs> the Moses West Foundation, that's our show today, our program today. So we're going to forgo talking about them right now because we're going to talk about them extensively and the great work that they're, that the Moses West Foundation is doing, you know, to the point that I'm talking about. I'm a, if I had the opportunity, I'd put him up for a Nobel Peace Prize. Well, some kind of Peace Prize. We know who Arthur Nobel was. Reason why he got the Peace Prize because he invented dynamite, which, <laughs> which which allowed people to blow each other up to the point now there's atomic bombs and all kind of bombs. <laughs> Wadada's Healthy Market and Juice Bar located on the, here in the west end of Atlanta. I'm Ralph David Abernathy. Wadada's Healthy Market and Juice Bar. Give them a call at 404-444-1635. 404-444-1635. Wadada's Healthy Market and Juice Bar. The Medu Bookstore in the Greenbrier Mall, 404-346-3263. Give Mama Nia a call. She has a fine selection of books, postcards, green cards, gift certificates, T-shirts, figurines, and so much more. Uh, she has a program. I saw it on Facebook um, this week. She has a, um, a author that uh, they're highlighting. And so, you know, she does that. And then now they can do it downstairs. And a lot, of more, lot more people can attend and it's all all good that's medu bookstore in the greenbrier mall the black dot cultural center and bookstore and coffee bar located in lithonia baba Baruti gave an outstanding presentation as always i was honored once again to be in attendance at the black dot cultural center and bookstore and coffee bar in lithonia my good brother kazemde ajamu give him a call at 770-305-6373-770 305-6373. The black dot. There's light in the black dot. Okay, he wants you, and that's I-20 East, going I-20 East, exit 74. Okay, then make the left, go down about a little less than a mile, and on the left will be the black dot. Then jump back on uh, I-20, going east, and the next exit is 75. Turner Hill Road. Go down three lights, make a right, and on the left will be the new Black Wall Street Market. The new Black Wall Street Market in Stonecrest. That's Lithonia and Stonecrest, okay? Us lifting us to economic development cooperative for our people in the spirit of Ujamaa. Us lifting us every Thursday night, the Thursday night broadcast on Thursday nights. And uh, uh, on Blog Talk Radio, that's blogtalkradio.com blogtalkradio.com forward slash ULU 
If you want to call, if you have questions, comments, or concerns, give me a call at 929-477-2789. That's 929-477-2789. Every Thursday night from 9 to 10, us lifting us. Homeland Village and Cultural Gift Shop, not open on Mondays, but open from Tuesday through Sunday, 11 a.m. to 8 p.m., and Brother B just got it going on. I mean, he has everything, furniture, clothing. He even has a a, a vegan restaurant in, on the premises. Incense, CD, DVDs, jewelry. Man, Brother Abija. Give him a call at 478-256-1166. 478-256-1166. Homeland Village and Cultural Gift Shop in Macon, Georgia. Sun Goddess Sense. Sun Goddess Sense, your one-stop natural shop located at 4140 Jonesboro Road in Forest Park inside the International Discount Mall, Booth 225. Give my sister Shelly Amonset a call at 404-434-7963. That's 404-434-7963. Sun Goddess Sense, your one-stop natural shop. And Sister Gabby, who is doing outstanding work in the island of Haiti, in the northeastern portion up in the hills. And of course, you know, they don't have safety nets. They rely on people like ourselves who will be willing to help donate Go to Sanjay, S-O-N-J-E, dash, Haiti, A-Y-I-T-I, dot org. Sanjay, dash, Haiti, dot org. Help the brothers and sisters out. Young people, I tell you, when you go on that website, you see the beautiful young people, wow. Akaban Institute, of course, Baba Baruti and Mama Yah, Yah, they have a school. They need support. That's at Akaban Institute. If you want to use PayPal to um, donate, or you want to use caps, if you use PayPal, put in Ya Baruti, A-Y-A-A-B-R-B-A-R-U-T-I, Baruti, at Yahoo. If you want to use Cash App, the dollar sign, Ya, Y-A-A, the letter M, then Baruti, B-A-R-U-T-I, to use Cash App. And of course, if you want to check out some of the books that Baba Baruti has written, and he's a prolific writer, he has a book coming out soon, go to AkabinHouse.com. House. Dot com. The Inya Sassim of Daily Revolutionary Thought. March 5th. No people goes down until their women are weak and dishonored. A Sioux proverb. Given a normal, healthy cultural framework, African women nurture. It is a most admirable spiritual quality. And because of this, females are our primary nurturers. This is not a point of debate or contention between men and women in a social environment naturally modeled after the rhythm of the universe. Why would we select Urugu sexist, misogynistic misinterpretation of women over the traditions of our ancestors? Our ancestors knew women as creator, spirit, mother earth, as our natural, ultimate nurturers, as first teachers. And we knew this for more after Asians, just that they give birth and nurse our babies. In insidious uh, gender distinctions have no place in a reality based on balance or in a division of labor based on spiritual qualities. What men were better at 
did not elevate them above women, socially, politically, intimately, or otherwise. What women were better at did not make them into a Western-defined, domineering matriarchy determined to abusively rule over men and make them feel less their roles and responsibility were less than than those of a woman. What men and women excel at found balance through cooperation, not competitiveness. There was a complementarity-based order in the male and female relationship. Gender was not a source of antagonism between African men and women. This is a European inheritance. Affirm, I love and respect my complementary gender. Affirm, I love and respect my complementary gender. The nurturers give love and respect to women. Ashe, Ashe. Yeah, give love and respect. March 6th. A compliment to you is, at the same time, a compliment to me. Your beauty and style are also my beauty and style because you reflect me. We are one. We have to learn to be able to give and accept praise and deserve flattery without readily assuming that the giver is trying to get into our pockets or into bed. Loving people compliment each other. They thrive on making each other feel good about themselves. Baba Mawalimu Bomanti Baruti. Baba Baruti. African sovereignty cannot come into the world where the measure of relationships is based upon who can get what from whom and not what can be reciprocally given through without expectations of return. Well, compliments are an insult or at the minimum suspect unless there is some personal benefit where there is no respect without agreement or force. Where morals are based on immoral popularity and not on righteous tradition. Where character is a role in a movie without character. A compliment. Affirm. A compliment those who reflect me. Affirm. I compliment those who reflect me. That's what we must do. Compliment each other. Yeah, I started a little late, so I'm not a little late, but, you know, a few seconds. I was doing something. I was distracted. Next thing I know, oh, hey, man, the time is up. I got to start this program. So here we are. And I'm excited. to go, uh, We're going to have Moses West the Moses West Foundation, uh, Brother Apollo. They sent me all kinds of good stuff, brothers and sisters. I mean, believe me, all kinds of good stuff. I, I'm just, um, they're really moving along. In fact, what I consider what they have done, what I consider what they have done, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking uh, that uh, how we can do it to nominate Brother Moses West for a Nobel Peace Prize. I'm serious. I'm serious. Because what he is doing is saying that water should not be 
commodified. You shouldn't have to pay. For, water is a human necessity. Water is not just a human necessity. Water is necessary for life in itself. Water is a necessary for life in itself. So, you know, regardless, you know, water is serious. Okay, gotcha. So I'm waiting on Moses West and uh, and Apollo, Brother Apollo. I see we have somebody from from Macon. 662, 662, good morning. Good morning, Oshie. Good I'm morning. from Brooksville, Mississippi. All right, good morning, Mary. How are you today? Just fine, just good. fine. Good. Um, we're going to have, of course, Brother Moses West. And, ah, today is Baba Baruti's birthday family. No wonder uh, uh, he had a quote on the on the fit. Today is Baba Baruti's birthday. I'm going to announce that again. So that's my brother. So we're going to do that. And and here we have from Austin, Texas, Brother Moses West. Are you on? I'm on. It's a it's a pleasure, brother, to hear from you again. How you feeling? How you doing? I'm doing great. Yourself? Oh man, I'm doing fantastic, brother. Especially uh, when I get a chance to talk to Brother Apollo of the things that you're doing, the stuff that he has sent me is just dynamic. In fact, um, one of the things I want to uh, to highlight is the uh, presentation that you that you did, um, and I mean it's just fantastic. Uh, let me see if I can pull that up. Okay, family. Okay. Yep. Brothers and sisters, um, just listen to this. What keeps me going is, is knowing that someday this equipment is going to save somebody's life. My name is Moses West. I'm introducing uh, the process of removing water from the atmosphere to eliminate anything known as a drought. Water is the foundation of life. The one crisis that everyone says we're going to run out of water. And I'm sitting here saying, no, you're not. You're walking around in it every day. Trillions of gallons of it. You're walking in it. This is the atmospheric water generator. The machine works like this. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. The end goal of it is for me to eliminate drought. I'm dedicated to saving some lives around the world. I'm dedicated to ensuring that the population of the state of Texas can continue to grow without worrying about water. The buck stops here. I'm not giving up. The only thing I wanted to do from the first time I could remember wanting to do anything was to be a soldier. I joined the military when I was 21 years old, as soon as I uh, graduated from college. And as soon as I was commissioned, I went in as a second lieutenant in the United States Infantry. I worked as a ranger for three years in the infantry, and that was uh, one of the most challenging things that I've ever done in my life. And so when I'm down here working and I think I'm getting worn out, all I got to do is think back to those days and say, if you're not ranger tired, you're not tired. Just keep working. So, living in Hawaii, I had a neighbor, and he said, 
Moses, I have this fantastic machine. It makes water. Drank it, sat there and thought about it for a second. I was just looking at the machine. I was mesmerized now. He says, it's pulling out the humidity in the air. And it's just the molecules of water in the air. It doesn't bring anything with it. And then that's when I got started. And my idea was make industrial quantities of water. So I sat down and got to drafting and writing and figuring it out. And I got with some engineers from one of the universities here. And he said that we could make 4 trillion, 100 billion gallons of water annually with just a small fraction of power that we throw away. Why water? Because water is what we need. And I thought of it. And since I thought of it, I had to complete it. One thing a ranger never does is start a mission and not finish it. Mission start, mission completion. That's how it works. Anything less than that, completely unsatisfactory. You're not living up to the code. I'm at mission completion. I'm at implementation. I'm moving forward. That's it. My brother, brothers and sisters, Brother Moses West, man, I tell you, I just, I, I told the listeners before you came on, if it, I'm going to try to find some way, somebody or some way I can uh, get you nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. <laughs> I'm serious. That'd be, that'd be a tall order. I appreciate that. That'd no, be, but I'm, I'm serious. In fact, it should be. And the reason why, because of what happened in Flint. You know, when your business partner wanted to commodify, said, no, we need to get paid for what we do. He says, no, no, people need water. And since that time, you're not asking people to invest so they can get a return. You're asking them to donate so you can make more to help more people. In fact, today is Ghana's birthday. Today, Not Ghana's birthday. Today is Ghana's Independence Day of 1957. And, and, and I've seen three stories on Ghana that are having problems with drought, not necessarily at the coastal area, but of course in the middle of the state, in the central state, and and, and in the upper regions where they're experiencing drought. They are scooping up mud water. They have any kind of water, you know. I don't know how that's going to happen. I mean, you scoop it up and then, what, boil it, and somehow it decreases the mud in the water? I don't know. You know, absolutely. This, this this is a problem that everyone's going to have around the world yes. uh, when we move forward into the uh, next uh, ten years, the next twenty years. Uh, the things that we see are going to be absolutely incredible. Now that we are we're not approaching climate change, we're now in runaway climate change. Right. And so, having mud for water uh, that's a, that's a luxury because many people. If you look at the uh, Salton Sea in California mm-hmm. and the Great Salt Lake, they're drying, drying up. Drying up, yes. And millions of people are going to have to move because when the water dries up from those bodies of water, that dust is full of heavy metal, toxic chemicals, DDT, wow. you name it. You, you can't breathe the air. Mm-hmm. And Man. so what you're, seeing in, what you're seeing in Ghana and what you're seeing in here in the United States uh, it's it's this is just the future, but it doesn't have to be. Right. It doesn't have to be doom and gloom. It could it could be a very positive future. The same way that we use technology to do everything from 
put the computing power of the universe in your hand in a cell phone, we can build a machine. Every home could make its own water, and they could all tie it in and supply an entire city and leave every body of water, every bit of groundwater alone, and mm-hmm. just use the water that's in the air. You know, I, I, I was thinking many years ago about, uh, what is that, desalination? From the, <laughs> these, you know, yeah, you know, getting rid of the salt that's in the water. Here's this body of water, but I can't do nothing with it because, you know, but maybe they can find out some ways to make it into fresh water. Now I can do something with it. But, you know, that's that's a prolonged and protracted kind of project. Am I right? Uh, desalinization is, is, is very detrimental to the environment. Many people don't know. But if any, if any, if any of you listeners would like to look this up, please do. There, we have something called the Dead Sea. Right. And the reason it's the Dead Sea is because the salt content in the water is so high that uh, the salt content is so high that you can't, uh, uh, nothing can live in the water. Mm-hmm. So when you have a desal plant, what happens is the you pull the fresh water off and you send that to where it needs to go. But then you have something left over called brine. It's a it's a concentrated form of salt that you push back. You have to do something with it. And so they push it back into the ocean. You change the salinity of the ocean at all, it kills everything in its path. So when you push, if you desalinate oh. for an entire city and you push that, that brine back into the ocean, you, you kill the ocean. Oh man! That, that salt cloud will go. Every fish that fly, it goes through that salt cloud, salt cloud, salt cloud will die. Every plant, it'll kill it. So, where these places around the world that have these large desalinization plants, their oceans are completely dead. You you know this is beyond crises. I think you would agree. Yes, it is. This is beyond crisis. Oh, it, and then that given, so I'm I'm not joking when I say about the um, Nobel Peace Prize, but what I am saying more importantly is uh, whatever it is, the League of Nations, the United Nations, any kind of world body that everybody understands. That, let me say this. I remember some Caucasian, he was an executive, and I think it was one of the bottling companies. And his whole thing was, we should be able to control water so we could get profit from water. I never. I know exactly that. who it is. Is that right? See, I, see, yeah, you know. And I was so appalled. I was. I mean, I was angry as hell. You know, knowing that yes. what human beings need is water. It is not something that is a luxury. It is not something that we can do without. In fact, not just human beings, but the planet, life. Life yes. needs water. You know? Yes, they, the plan is to commoditize water. They've already the water has already been commoditized. Right, it has. I remember uh, uh, going to the bar and drinking Perrier. That was the first water that I can remember that was commodified was Perrier water. And I'm sitting there, man. I ain't buying this shit. You know, because because he had a little cute little bottle and it had Perrier, which is French. So <laughs> buying this water, but then after uh, problems with contamination and other issues and other problems you were forced to buy water and some of the correct me once again brother Moses 
correct me, correct me if I'm wrong, some of the bottling companies use tap water. They, yes. they open up a damn tap, put it in the bottle, find a way to close the bottle and sell it to you for a dollar or two dollars. It's criminal. Yes. <laughs> it's criminal. Man, it's criminal, brother. But um, Brother Apollo sent me some pictures of some of your new machines. They're more streamlined. They're they're not as big. But are are do they also still create the kind of volume of water? Yes, they do. Wow. Wow. Yes, they do. What we every time I build a machine, I always build them better. And uh, that machine. It's just the, those uh, that was uh, filling a military contract. Mm-hmm. The military is my number one customer for these customer for these machines, and I've been trying for years to get this uh, into the into the civilian market. Right. And so that machine that you see there, that's the uh, that's the pinnacle of years of uh, innovation and technology, right there. Okay, that wow. is the end all to be all for machines, right? Yeah, now. it's. It, it, I mean, it's compact. It's compact. It looks. I mean, seriously portable. It, it looks like it, you know wherever you go, because like I said, the the, the water molecules are in the air, and you extract Absolutely. you extract them out of the air. You go through a, a filterization process, open up the tap, and out comes clean, drinkable water. It's fantastic. It's unbelievable, and 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 that can happen twenty four seven, three sixty five. Am I correct? Correct. I've, uh, right now, I'd like for your audience to know I haven't. I've I posted some things about it on Instagram and on the foundation. And right now, the when I got the uh, the the Martin Luther King Award for the beloved community, yes, and uh, work hey, that we do in the community. Man, you should have told me you were uh, gonna be. You should have told me you were gonna be in Atlanta, man. So I'd have came, I'd have been there for you, brother. I'm right here uh, in Atlanta. I, I, I I am from from Georgia, so I was Are I was you? in and I was out. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was born in Columbus. Oh right, oh right on. Okay, I've been and to all Columbus. All my family lives up there in Atlanta. Yeah, I've been to Columbus. That's where Dr. John Henry Clark is 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 yep. buried. Yeah. So go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead, brother. So I talked with uh, uh, Dr. King, Bernice mm-hmm. King, about uh, I've been I've been thinking about the food deserts for years. Part okay. of the mission to Flint mm-hmm. and Puerto Rico was it was in conjunction with. You are providing people with water to grow food. Right. Aqua, aquaponics. Hi, hi, mainly hydroponics right hydroponics. now. Hydroponics. Okay. Because, because right now in the cities, we have something called food deserts. Yes. So when you go into disenfranchised communities, you usually see you can't find uh, fresh fruits and vegetables. Those mm-hmm. things that help you live a long life, mm-hmm. that prevent diabetes, that stop obesity. Uh, you get into the inner city, we have fast food, sugar, and salt. Right. Fast right. food, sugar, salt, alcohol, cigarettes. Mm-hmm. But what we need is we need green, healthy food. And so I started the initiative to eliminate the food deserts in the United States. And I'm going to do it in my lifetime. I know. I have, I start, I'm starting here in Chicago. I have, uh, as soon as we finish the, as soon as I finish the show with you, brother. Mm-hmm. I've got to run down. I've got to look at a greenhouse. I've been given a, I've been given an acre of land in downtown Chicago, that's completely bare. To put a greenhouse, to grow food, mm-hmm. 
in the city, add a water generator to it, and I'm going to go block by block until everybody that does not have access to a grocery store has got access to food. Mm. The centerpiece of it will be the water generator producing water year-round from solar power. This is self-contained water and food in every city that does not have access to clean water and food will have this. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't remember how much money they give an individual for the Nobel Peace Prize. But I'm gonna do. I'm gonna find out. One one million dollars. I I gotta get your ass a million dollars, brother. We gotta get you a million dollars. Because what you're doing is beyond what other people who have been given Nobel Peace Prize do, who who uh, find uh, ways to do this, that, in some scientific or literature or something like that. What you do and what you're doing is going to change the. Now I understand some people are going to get pissed because. They're into making profits. They're into making sure that, you know, all those convenience stores, all those uh, chains of fast food restaurants and all the other stuff are, 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 are supported and maintained. But it's killing us. It's you have to remember us. this. Remember this. The people who sell you food, they are not trying to kill you. They're not trying to kill you. They just don't care if you die or not. Good point. Good, a good way to put it, brother. Yeah. You know, because because what they always say is, you know, you have a choice. Either you can or you can't. You know, the choice is yours. But you have to have a choice. Mm-hmm. You have to have a choice. Many people that live in the city do, in, in, or, in, or in rural areas, they do not have a choice. The grocery store has packed up and moved to where the money is. Mm-hmm. And then the people who live in these areas, they're denied access to high-paying jobs. So they're denied access to high-quality food. It's the reason we have such an obesity epidemic, mm-hmm. such an uh, epidemic with diabetes. Mm-hmm. But yes. with what, what I'm putting forward is the people that live within the inner city in rural areas will be able to turn this around, produce enough food in these areas that were once called food deserts, export that food out, those high-quality organic foods out to areas outside of there not as far away as california trucking food all the way to here to chicago they'll be able to grow enough food on the south and west side of chicago to supply the entire chicago area with all of its green fruits and vegetables Mm -hmm. right and that income comes back into the neighborhood this is this is generational income that can be created within the inner cities by the way of food. Because as we continue to grow, go into runaway climate change, and all the indicators are there, you cannot turn, you cannot listen to news today without right. a flood, right. a torrential downpour, um, a, a cyclone, a, a, a hurricane, forest fire. You cannot, we don't go, we don't go two weeks without one. No, we and don't. This is, this and that's been happening for years. Now. And that's been happening for years now. But the it, pace has picked up. Yes. The pace, accelerated. the pace has picked up. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so what I'm doing is, I'm not, I'm thinking about people today and I'm not thinking about the return on the investment. My return on the investment is 
is how many unborn children today that are going to grow up into this world that we've created for them in the future are going to have access to, to clean water, organic, healthy food. And we're going to make, we're, going, we're, we're starting that initiative now mm-hmm. so that we can have it now and for people in the future to have it as well. Mm-hmm. Whereas most companies, they think about what's, what they can get for next quarter. Right. I'm not thinking about next quarter. Yeah, I'm short thinking term. about the next, right. they're the next all, turn of races. Their idea is short-term profits for, you know, for the misery. We the need to think end. more long-term. That's right. I guarantee you the, the people who built the pyramids, you know who built the pyramids, the people who built the pyramids, they weren't thinking about today. No. They were thinking about the people thousands of years from now mm-hmm. when they built them. And we need to think the same today. That's how we'll, that's how we survive. Now, uh, what's happening in Miss, in Mississippi? How's it going in Mississippi and Jackson? Right now in Jackson, Mississippi, we're still still raising money. I think we raised close to sixty thousand dollars. But you have to you remember that a lot of costs for transporting and, and moving equipment around. Mm-hmm. I still need to raise the funds to build that machine. And right now, I'm I'm uh, building I'm building machine for here in Chicago, and I'm doing that out of pocket. Okay. I would, I would now, donations. Now, now that is that is that machine you're building in Chicago for the Chicago area, or is that one will be sent down to Jackson as long the same as the other one that you refurbished from Flint? Uh, this one is for the uh, this one that I'm building right now is to start this the food desert initiative. Okay, in Chicago. Okay, good. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I've, some of your some of uh, some of the people in the audience might know Taronda Jones. Uh, she was uh, one of the stars of the show Empire. Uh, mm. She was uh, contacted and she got behind this one hundred percent. And she's right on. the one who found us the acre of land. Uh, we uh, contacted the youngest farmer in the United States to be the uh, to, to teach everybody how to grow the food in the in the uh, greenhouses. Mm-hmm. And then we've also got we've also the uh, the acre of land, and then one of the largest casting agencies and in the city, casting directors in the city came on board, Simon Casting, to uh, also help uh, procure everything that the uh, city needs. So right Chicago on. is stepping up right and on. starting to donate to get this done. And your, the donations to the Moses West Foundation are absolutely imperative, so that we can uh, so that we can finish these initiatives. Getting water to Jackson, Mississippi, getting wa- getting food and water to all the cities that need it. And as uh, as the donations grow, we get more done. We get more publicity. Donations continue to grow, and we get more work done. Right on. Well, I I, I promote what you do every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I promote it, and I give, and I'll continue to do so. I'll continue to do it beyond this program because, once again, what you're doing is saving lives. You're saving not just human lives. You're saving the earth, you know. And and, and so if anybody who's not selfish, who's not into immediate gratification, but who understands that you want to live a legacy, you want to live a life and, and some things for your children and their children has to understand 
what Moses West is about and the Moses West Foundation and should give to it whatever amount. I'm quite sure you'll accept $10 a month, wouldn't you? Of absolutely. Course. Absolutely. If I, a, a dollar. See, you know, we don't, we don't have a lot of money, but I tell you yeah. what, we got 300 million people. If everybody gave 50 cents, that's a lot of money. That's right. That's right. And so what I'm saying is that that's the kind of mindset that we need to have. Now, of course, I've talked to you about, you know, my my focus is is, is in Africa. And like I said, this today is Ghana's uh, Independence Day. Um, this day in 1957, when Kwame Nkrumah gave that beautiful speech. And of course, he was more more talking about not just Ghana, but the African continent being one. And there's many places on the African continent that are suffering, that are suffering. And, you know, not just water, but once again, a literal food desert, you know, a literal food desert. They have no food because their land is turned to desert. And so, you know, there are other areas in the world where this is, you know, and I know you're just one man. But your heart is so big. And your vision is so broad, you know. And now that you streamline your your uh, your machines and I know they're just as effective as they as that big machine that you that you dole out, you know, that man, you know, pretty soon we're gonna see, you know, AWGs all over the world. No doubt about it. I tell, I'll tell you this, the the big machines that I built when I uh, several years ago, mm-hmm. twenty six thousand pounds of machinery. Twenty six thousand pounds. I can do the same. This is how this is how we take technology advances, and how I work. Mm-hmm. I can now make that same amount of water in a third of that weight. Wow! Or less. Wow! See? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's great. And we've got uh, we've got so many good things on the horizon. We right now also. We have a, a, a system where you can sit it down in front of a house and just go past the water main and pressurize the water into the house as it's made from the atmosphere. So you, we have the ability to take houses completely off the grid with pressurized water. Wow. Wow. Man. I know I know City Water Works a little bit uh, pretty upset. <laughs> they, they, see, that's the, the people should not people should not be upset. Like the desal people shouldn't be upset. Right. The city water utility should not be upset. The bottled water people should not be upset. The groundwater people should not be upset. And the surface water people that, that give river water should not be upset. What we have here is we have a colossal problem called climate change. Yep. And it's going to take all of us working together. Each one of these individuals, these companies, what they think about is they think about this thing in the United States that's killing us all, and it's called profit. Mm-hmm. We've, we've gotten to a place mm-hmm. where we think too much about the profit and less about the human being. And that is what is going to really hurt us. So mm-hmm. instead of each one of these people wanting to fight against a new innovative technology, we should all work Embrace together it. to ensure that all people have fair, equal access to a commodity, to a com- 
something that is not a commodity, right. but a natural human right. Mm-hmm. I and agree. stop commoditizing it. Yep. I agree. That's kind of stuff. That's kind of stuff that gets me in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, hey, because uh, believe me, I'm, you know, not only I'm going to offer uh, uh, that you be given a, a Nobel Peace Prize and that million dollars so you can continue to do the work, but I'm going to uh, recommend that you need some protection, brother. You know, you need some. Pro- I know you're a ranger. I know you're a bad man. You look great. You're looking good. You're in great shape, you know. But, man, you need some protection because the evilness of this world, and believe me, that's real, too, the evilness of this world. There's somebody who thinks that, you know, the amount of money I was making, now I can't make because this dude done created a water machine, and, and everybody's bypassed me. And I was using, I was selling cases and cases of bottled water which of course i i used at my bathroom tap <laughs> but now i can't get that money <laughs> now i can't get that money for that damn moses west <laughs> you know but yeah, it's sad think, yeah absolutely i, I think that's, that's a, sad uh, people can look it up it, all this information's out there but there's so many bottled water companies out there the only thing they're doing is they're taking municipal water they're filtering it they're putting it in bottles Mm-hmm. And they're selling it back to you, you know. At I know that's criminal. Right, it's criminal. And then they put a label on. Oh, this is a, a spring water. This is a, what you call kind of water, whatever. You know, they're they're, they're labeling it, but it basically is the same water that's in your toilet bowl. Man. Oh yeah. Oh, there's something. Yeah. <laughs> they're, 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 they have this thing. They did it in Australia one time. It's called toilet to tap. And there's places in the United States that are going to have to go to this, where they uh, treat the, they treat the water that's gone through the sewage treatment plant. They treat it, they filter it, and they send it back to the tap in the house. Okay. Yeah. 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 It's, it's called toilet toilet to tap. Toilet to tap. So that wastewater. And it, you know, once you flush, it's not wasted anymore. It, not anymore. It's it's being recycled. It's being recycled. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. But we don't have to do that because we have the, the cleanest, most abundant source of water that uh, that the universe gave to this planet. And when mm-hmm. you look at the Earth from outer space, outer space, when you look down at this big ball, what color is it? Blue. Absolutely. Blue. Absolutely. With white clouds right. swirling all around, around this planet. All around it. Yep. That is all the water that we need and mm-hmm. technology can get it and it's one hundred percent sustainable. Mm-hmm. Once you use it, you 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 push it out back into the into the fields to grow crops and what does it do? Right. It evaporates right back up and up. rejoins <laughs> that super highway of blue that circles the planet. Mm-hmm. We have we have got the idea of water completely backwards. Look at the earth from outer space. And you see all the water you need. All the, it's all there. It's, it's all there. there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, how I, I can't remember how I came upon you. You know, I guess I saw it somewhere. And, and then I, I, uh, so I, can, I need to talk to this brother. <laughs> and it was great because I called and then you called me back. And I was like, wow. And we had a two hour program that day that time and 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 so i'm 
I'm one of your biggest supporters, brother. On this radio program, I will try my best to let the world know who Moses West is is and what he's doing. I do have some listeners in Africa. I got some listeners in in the UK, in the Caribbean, you know. So I'm letting them know that when you talk about the climate change and the droughts and so forth, that's real. But, but, there is a solution for the water crisis that is deeply upon us. There's a, there's a solution. And that is... There, Go ahead. There, there is a solution. I'm sorry for interrupting, but no. there's a solution for all of this. You know, when, when you've been doing something for a long time and you've met the people who work in engineering with you and you start to understand how the wind works, how the rain works, how water moves. Right now, there's absolutely no reason, even in the hurricane zones of the United, the, the hurricane zones and the tornado alleys in the United States, there's a way to build that where nothing will be destroyed. There's a way to build so that they will always have water and they will always have food. This engineering is not new. It just takes someone to put it all together. And that's called sustainability. And the sustainability that we need today is just not the 17 tenets of sustainability that the United Nations has told us that we need to move towards to survive as a planet. Sustainability today also includes how we survive a hostile climate in a hostile planet. You see on the news, you see these houses torn up and ripped apart by these these hurricanes, these uh, tornadoes that come through now. The houses need to be built differently. There's no reason for anybody to die in a tornado. And all these tornadoes that we see today, and all the food loss that we see today, and all the water loss that we see today, is all due to the greed that we... Um, continue to uh, perpetrate on everyone with fossil fuels, coal, oil, gas. And we, the, the companies knew that we were going to get to this place where our planet was going to turn back and fight on us. And that's where we are today. You know, I, I, I was a firefighter. And uh, one of the things about being a firefighter, you do have some downtime. And mm-hmm. what I utilize my downtime I'm I'm not very mechanical or anything like that, but I I read, I began to read a lot, and you know, and uh, I read an article in the early '80s about the potential of this planet having problems. What they then called it uh, global warming. Yes, they called it global warming, and 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 that's why some of the people who said, "Wow, it's really really cold." What about global warming? They didn't understand because the article said there will be weather extremes. It didn't say it was not going to be cold, but the planet will heat up itself. But there will be tremendous weather extremes. There will be some cold spells that last for weeks. There will be some serious uh, problems and issues with uh, uh, wind and so forth. And, and so I read this and, and, and it said, if you do not change, it gave a warning, then Years to come, here's our possible, some of the calamities. This is a big article. You know, never forget it. 
You know, these are some of the things that can befall the earth. And, and basically what they said then, this is what's happening now. And, and, and then a, a recent article I read about maybe 10 years ago said, if they don't start to change now, then there'll come a point where it can't change. It's not reversible. Are we at that point? Brother Moses? Yes. We are at that point, you we're, believe? We've, uh, we call it the tipping point. Okay. The tipping point. The event horizon. The event horizon. It's like the, the event horizon is the edge of a black hole where you get to that point where there's no turning back. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a balance point. Yeah. We've passed the event horizon on climate change. We are, we are fully into it. We're lost, we have lost 60% of the species on the planet. What we need to realize is we're a species of animals. Right, along so with we, all the other animals We don't animals, know what insects. the tipping species is. Yeah. There's a tipping species. There's some species of animals or percentage of species of animals on this planet, animals on this planet, that when they're gone, we don't stand a chance. Mm-hmm. Well, look at the bees. Because it, look at the, yes, look at the bees. I mean, people Absolutely. think of bees are pesky. No, bees ain't pesky. They're a necessity to human they pollinize, life. They pollinize all of the plants that we yes. have. In China, if you look today, the place is so contaminated, all their bees have died. They've got people out there that run around with little Q-tips and pollinate all the plants. <laughs> because They, they, they pollinate the bees. plants manually. Wow. Manually. <laughs> wow. Okay. Manually. Mm-hmm. Their, ri- their rivers have gone dry. So we've, got, we've gone to that place where the only way that we can stop, the only way that we can stop uh, uh, and reverse this, it is reversible. So there is hope. It is reversible. But the only way that we can reverse this, this rapid, accelerated climate change and in the heating of the planet is if everyone today turned off all their lights, stopped driving their cars, every every diesel powered ship stopped moving, every smokestack stopped spewing smoke, and we started living sustainably, we started planting trees, we started uh, trying to recapture carbon, and it would take 50 years, 50 years for us to get back to where we were. But we would have to instantly stop today. Wow. That's literally impossible. Impossible. Because, yeah. Because, impossible. because no, they, no one's going to do it. They're right. They're right. And, and, and see, when you have greed, America and your Western civilization is based on three things. Four things, individualism, materialism, greed, and violence. And when you have a society... of America is business. Yeah. Yeah. And so they don't give a damn. It's the profits now. It's the dividends now. It's my investment. Is it, is, 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 is it turning a profit? Is it, am I making some money this quarter or that quarter? I don't give a damn about human life. I don't care if somewhere down the road it'll cease, but I'm talking about right now. I want them right now. That kind of mentality has put us to where we are right now in a very precarious position, very serious position. And I don't well, believe. Go ahead, Mother Moses. I'm sorry. 
Absolutely, it's the uh, it's the all important return on the investment. It's all the mm-hmm. uh, the shareholder has to make sure that they get paid. And so, if you take uh, for instance the uh, the latest train derailment mm. up there in Palestine, mm-hmm. well, the the legislation was there for the uh, brakes on the train to be uh, to be regulated to to use a, a a safe brake. Yeah, but Trump. But so that in the Trump administration, yeah. So that the but the just just the, just the uh, just so that people could make more money, and now we have an entire we have an entire area where where people will have to move. They uh, some people have written me several emails and they said, "What can you do for this town?" I I'm, I said, "You know, I I don't want to be the person to have to tell you this, but you have to move. Mm-hmm. You you have you you can't live there." We have so many Superfund sites around the United States, and all these Superfund sites are there because uh, of business-contaminating areas, contaminating these areas so so badly that uh, uh, people can't live there. And if you look at much of the contamination in the United States, it's always a, it's always near a black or brown community. Right, right. Right, but now it's gotten so bad that everybody is starting right. to experience it. Right, even after like you have a yes, it's mm-hmm. like if you have a if you have, if, if you have a, a a stadium and you have a thousand people in the stadium and nobody leaves the stadium, and you start to throw your trash in one corner and you're there for years. After a while, the whole stadium is going to be filled with trash. Right. Well, look at the Earth as a big as a it's a it's a finite place. The room that we have is finite. Everyone thinks it's an infinite place. The ocean is infinite. It's not. It's finite on a large scale. So it can only take so much contamination. Mm-hmm. The land can only take so much contamination. There's no more away when they say, oh, I'm going to throw it away. Away is gone. There's no more away. When you throw something else, it becomes somebody else's problem. There's no more throwing anything away. It becomes somebody else's problem. It's just moved from one place to another, and it's usually moved to a place where the people don't have voting power. Right. Right. Land. They land feels. They don't. Them. They're not. They're not. They're, they're not constituents. Right. So the 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 solutions that I offer to this problem are solutions that everybody can use. Not just not just poor people, middle class people, wealthy people. Everybody, the whole planet can use the um, the ideas that I that I put forward. Because they're not complicated. They're very they're very simple and they're very effective. But, That's in this is the direction that we need to go. We just need to go sustainable right now. I mean, there's so the, no there's no doubt about it. I agree with you, and I've agreed with you before I even met you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but I also understand the greed of the world, particularly of the uh, individuals, even in some societies. I mean, look at India, look at China, look at other parts of the world. They're just Areas that are so polluted and so contaminated, but yet human life still, ex- you know, are living 
in that or, or by that, you know, where we just need to find some. I'll, I said, to, you know, maybe we can find a way to put a lot of waste and so forth and shoot it into space in an explosion. But sometimes that waste will probably come back down this way anyway. The gravitational pull will bring it back down, you know. In fact, it should. Well, we, we've done that too, though. Have we've, we? We've shot so we've, we've shot so much stuff up in space. Yeah. That right now, uh, uh, space junk. Yeah, you're right. Has returned space to Earth. Space junk is so prevalent. Yeah. That uh, th- those little pieces of little pieces of metal traveling at you know fourteen thousand miles an hour, twenty thousand miles an hour, they circle the Earth constantly. So actually, going into space now. It's um, it's full of trash. The earth, the earth is being circled by a garbage dump. Yeah. What do we have? I, I don't I don't think a lot of people realize that. What do you? No, they don't. No, they don't. You know, I mean, because you see the vastness of space, and because you don't see it during the day, you surely wouldn't see it at at night. And sometimes the skies are clear. You see, stop, particularly if you're in a a, a, a rural area. You know, you'll Australia, see I saw the. I could see the sky very clearly in Australia. You could sit there. You could see the satellites moving around in Australia. Wow! See, yeah. What I I implore your listeners to Google uh, uh, space junk. So just look up what's in space, just space. to show you from top to bottom what mm-hmm. we what we do as a species to this this beautiful planet that we have yeah. to live on. Space junk. Oh, definitely. Just, it, just get, get the satellite image of uh, where they highlight all the, the what's floating around the Earth. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. You, you, you know, Brother Moses, it, I think that, um, wow. You know, the, this is a global problem. And, of course, some countries think they're more important than other countries. Some countries think that, you know, other countries are shithole countries and, and whatever happens to them happens to them. While the other countries who feel that they make all the decisions for, for the world and they have unlimited resources or have access to unlimited resources, you know, and that they can make the decisions. And, of course, the decisions that they have made have been very detrimental to the planet overall. You know, because of their selfishness and their greed. And and wouldn't it be great if somehow some epiphany happened that they understood that we are stewards of this planet. Let us all come together, everybody. All those oligarchs, all those billionaires. A billionaire. There's, what, a thousand billionaires in the world? Probably more, I don't know. There's there there are a lot there there it's growing yeah and that's ridiculous that's ridiculous even millionaires that's ridiculous how much money do you need how selfish you are when you see human beings living in filth and squalor when you see human beings who are dying every day when you see and not just in 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 in, in other countries but here in this country in the United States in Europe in fact I saw a piece today. There's a lot of people in uh, England because the um, um, 
the fuel cost, the heating cost is so high that that they go to theaters and, and, and churches and so forth just to sit and warm up, have their children go there and, and have a play area and so forth, and then go back home late at night, you know, with a space heater or something like that and an extra blanket. In in, in London. Oh yes. Yeah. Well, my friends in uh, my friends in Europe right now, they're that's one of the complaints they've got because in Germany they control how hot how how warm your play, home can be. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so right now it's extremely cold in people's homes in uh yeah in uh, in Europe. Yeah. I think the I, I know that the that the people of the, the people of the planet are very resilient and we're always looking for someone to to help to, to fix a problem for us. Whereas there was a time like when I was a, was a young boy where we would in, we were very innovative. When I lived in Georgia, I grew up I grew up in I was living there in Columbus. I grew up in Germany. My my dad was in the military when we moved away. But in Catala, Georgia, Catala was considered the sticks. It was the country. They didn't have any electricity. I think there was one house that had electricity. And that line came into the house and that that ran a radio and one light bulb. All the all the houses out there ran on kerosene lanterns. There was a well for water. And I remember my uh, my big ma, she my grandma's sister, that uh, she grew food behind the house. Everyone grew food behind the house. Everybody was was one hundred percent sustainable. Mm, right on. One hundred percent sustainable. Mm-hmm. All the food was put in mason jars, and they did quite well. So what we need to learn today is that we are not as helpless to this situation. As many think, people yeah. would like to think that we are, right? We can we can work our way out of this situation by going back and but using technology today, using hydroponics, aquaponics, solar power, atmospheric water generators, grow houses. We can grow our food at this at the at the basic social level. Produce our water. Produce your commerce. And support each other. People can go back to doing all kinds of things for each other, as this, as the supply chain will continue to shut down, as that will continue to happen, as shortages happen, they don't have to be because the resiliency of the human being can overcome all of these things because we have the tools to do it. We just need to use technology to live the same way that we lived when we were much healthier and communicated better, we were always hanging out with our neighbors. We remember we used to have front porches and we yeah. used to talk to each other. Yeah. And everybody went to the, to the backyard and they went to the privacy fence. You're, you're more like your next door neighbor than, than you think you are. Mm-hmm. It's just, and everyone's kind of isolated themselves. Right. Today. We need to unisolate right. ourselves. We need to go work together again. We are a society. Society. We are social. Remember we that? need to we need to communicate with each other. The I... country has never been more divided than today. Mm-hmm. And the reason the country is so divided is because everybody goes inside and they're fed 
they're they're fed from the far left or from the far right. Mm-hmm. We all want the same thing. We all want to be happy. We all want to protect our families. We all want a job. But it's a there's this thing called divide and conquer. Right. The more right. division you have, the, the more things people can get away with. So if we shut down everything and everybody just kind of pulled together, then we, 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 can, we can work our way through any problem that we have in the United States and globally. Globally and globally. Because, I mean, this is just not a USA problem or an African problem. No, it's not. This is a global problem. Every continent, and, and Europe's not a continent, by the way, okay? <laughs> but, every, <laughs> but every continent is affected by what is happening. And if we had statesmen or statespersons, you know, because maybe need more women, they might think more, you know, humanistically. But every every person comes together, and understands that this is what we need to do. I agree with you. If 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 everybody had that mindset and stopped doing what they're doing, you know, and and stopped driving cars that 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 spew uh, fossil fuels and and mess up the atmosphere or cut trees down. You know, that's one thing that uh, when I saw when Bolsonaro of, of uh, Brazil came into office, I'm so glad he got out. I don't know what to do. I hate that dude. He's a, he was he was even almost to the right of Donald Trump. But he was selling the uh, the Amazon to loggers. And they were just like cutting it down and saying, man, this is crazy. You know? And, yes, and, they did. And denying climate change is crazy. Yes, it did. The uh, the Amazon now, it, it, the the Amazon is called the lungs of the planet. Mm. The Amazon it it, it 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 ate so much carbon, and it just put out oxygen. Right. It was it was it was a wonderful thing. The the, mm-hmm. the rainforest around the planet produce the oxygen that we need to breathe. They're just oxygen generators. Mm-hmm. They have actually cut down so much of the Amazon rainforest that the Amazon rainforest is now working backwards. It's soaking up oxygen and spitting out carbon. Jesus. Really? Yep. You can't you can't you cannot destroy an ecosystem the way that they have done the Amazon and and have it continue to function as nature intended it to function on the planet. We need to we need to we need to conserve the rainforest globally. The coral reefs. Right. The, the coral reefs are dying. Yeah, the coral reefs. They're bleaching out. Yeah. They look they you, you lose the coral reefs, you lose you lose the ocean. All these all the there's a there's a food chain, and we're killing the bottom of the food chain. Mm-hmm. All the all the things that fish need to eat in the ocean, we're killing that. So everything that we're doing right now, we we it, it just somehow needs to stop. But we know it's not going to. Right, that's the sad part. Can it be slowed man down does, at man least? Man does not stop until yeah. he gets pushed to the edge. And right now we're at the edge, but yeah. we're still pushing. We've gone off the edge, and and, and we're we're, we're, hanging. Still, we're still falling. Yeah, we're dangling. Yes, yeah, most most definitely. 
you know, once again, oh. I, I'm, I'm, I have more years behind me than I have ahead of me. I understand that. I'm 70 years old. I'm still in good health, dog. Good health. And sometimes I little forget a little things, but I still want to live. But more importantly, though, brother Moses, I want my grandsons and my children and all other children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren and so forth and so on to live to live in a better damn place than what this has been to live in a better place where human beings are treated with dignity and respect regardless of who they are to live in a place where racism racism which is a which is a deep still deep-rooted problem because it's global racism is global Europeans have found a way to demonize melanated skin. So you have a country like Brazil, where most of the people on, in the country, 40% are, are African, dark-skinned, but you don't see them on TV. Same with Southeast Asia and other places because of, once again, the selfishness and the greed of some of the human beings. I don't know, you know... <laughs> If, if if we can appeal to to that mindset to say that if we don't change, you know, then the earth in itself conditions will be irreversible and we'll ultimately all die. Is that what you want? I, I see it changing. Great. I can I I look back at um, I look back at what uh, when when George Floyd was murdered. Mm-hmm. And I, I I saw globally that, uh, that people hit the streets globally. Yes, they for did. Demonstrations around the world. Yes, they did. People people started to understand and completely dislike what they were seeing. And the the thing that we have today is, I think we are more together than what we see on on um, what is said to us. So what is, what, what's presented to us each day in the way of media is that there's, there's, there's an agenda behind a lot of that. Okay. But when you go down to the street level and talk to a person without their iPhone or without a television set, okay. we have a lot in common, but it's what's being pumped out that, that keeps people divided divided you can be conquered so every bit of every bit of media that is put out is put out for profit but it's also put out to do something that it makes people angry it makes people selfish it makes people greedy it makes people do things that are not in their best interest whereas if you walk out your front door and go talk to your neighbor across the street you guys can do something together mm-hmm. yeah y'all could Y'all can till the because soil. People were putting information out to. Mm-hmm. There's people putting information out to me when I sit here and I look at something online. That person is living over in in China, but he's putting some information out online and wanting me to digest it. Okay. It doesn't have anything to do with my life here in Chicago. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have anything to do with my life here in the United States. The most important things that we need to understand are right outside of our door. The area that we have an effect on that we can see, the distance that we can see, the distance that we can touch, that's what we can affect. And once we get everyone to understand 
how much power they have to affect the world around them and their property, their house, their neighborhood, that just spreads like wildfire across the United States. Well, let it continue to spread. And it pulls us together. Yeah, let it continue to spread. Uh, Brother Moses, we got a number of people in the queue here. Brothers and sisters, you know what to do. Hit star twice. Hit star twice, and I'll let you in or dial 215-490-9832. 215-490-9832. We're talking with Brother Moses West of the Moses West Foundation and the great work that he is doing uh, here in the States and ultimately globally with the uh, A W. AWG, the atmospheric water generator system, and that he has been able to streamline, I mean, just consistently modernizing it to the point where maybe one day you can have your own and you ain't got to worry about uh, the water company because you generate your own water and you know it's clean, you know it's safe, it's drinkable and usable for whatever uh, things you need to do in your house. That's a, I mean, that's that's. That's, that's a possibility. But even more importantly, the bigger machines so that communities can have clean, safe, drinkable water. Where communities can have aquaponics or, uh, you know, other ways to grow food. This is, this is a, a serious issue globally. And a serious issue, I'm quite sure, in your community. Because I know I'm from Milwaukee. And, and, uh, they had a cryptosporidium problem. I'm not sure you know what that, uh, Brother Moses. Uh, that was. A, oh, yes. Yeah, okay. They had a cryptosporidium problem uh, back in 90, in that area around 1990. And what they said, how, what it was, was the waste from up north getting into Lake Michigan. You know, because the, the, the Great Lakes, and of course, you live in Chicago. You know, that, that, that whole body of water is some of the best clean water in the world. Supposedly, it was at one time, you know. But then you see what Most happened. Most definitely. But then you see what happened with Lake Erie. There were fires. Remember that, man? They were. Oh, <laughs> the, yeah. The lake was on fire. The lake's on fire. Yeah, it is. You know, and then other parts of the lake and then the sewage and so forth. You know, and so that issue happened. And then from there bottled water since 1990 in milwaukee bottled water many people don't drink the tap water anymore. and at one time when i was growing up that water tastes good it was one of the best water you know in in this in in the country you know from from the great lakes and now not so much so i mean it i know we said what could reverse this whole situation but man it's going to take it, it's going to take some serious statesmanship and, and probably uh, people being seriously penalized for not doing it. Because when you're trained in this society that you're an individual and you don't give a damn, I got I, I, I'm, I'm for me, mine's and me, you know, you don't care about your neighbor. You don't care about people outside of your community or your city. You know, you just want what you want, not what's best for everybody. And that's a problem. And that's changed very much over the years. And I was up in uh, Milwaukee this uh, summer. I, I I manufacture up in that area and down here. And so I went into Milwaukee, and I was downtown, and there was a horrible smell of fish, mm. dead fish. Mm-hmm. And I, I 
I'd left because the uh, the whole coastline there was just covered with dead fish. Yeah, fish die off. Yeah, we have fish die off across the United States. We have them in the lakes down in Florida. We have too many nitrates in the water. Look, we could I could go on forever and tell people all kinds of things that have scared them. I, I could do that all day. Mm-hmm. I uh, uh, I try not to go down that road because I know too much, and I know the effects of what we're doing not only to our health, but uh, in the the, the mental health of people with the toxins and the, chem, toxins and the chemicals to the unborn to the, to the children uh, to pregnant women these forever chemicals these microplastics all these things I could go on and on so what I try to do is I think I said to myself when I first started this company I, I just spent the past I, I said uh, years ago I just spent the past five years scaring myself to death mm-hmm because I had to go to all the, the meetings with the state of Texas and the military and on our water, water quality, and where we're going as a planet years ago, and, I, and it scared me. So today what I do is I take all of that energy, all that negativity that I take in in the way of what I have to read in the way of white papers and scientific reports and uh, water quality reports. I take that in. And I turn it into something positive. I turn it into a better design for an atmospheric water generator, Mm -hmm. a better design for how to grow food, a better design of how to distribute it, a better design of how to get incorporate the community's involvement into their better health and sustainability, Mm -hmm. the reduction of crime in their neighborhood by bringing something of substance to that neighborhood. So I take that negativity and turn it into something positive because I could go on and on and on about what is destroying us where I need to go continuously forward with what can help us mm-hmm. and, and provide yes. a sustainable life for us. Yes. Yeah. Because there's a, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, there's a lot of positivity here because it brings it brings people in. It brings them together, and it and it helps to do something where people can actually use their hands and take control of their lives again. And that that in itself to me is just a wonderful thing. Yeah, I had this uh, something popped in my head um, yesterday, and it just said it just it's just as clear as day. It says, "I want to complete this before I die." And that's why I'm working so hard here in Chicago to to at least to eliminate to provide fresh water, which we already have here. But this will be the model for how how you'll be able, how people will be able to do it in Africa. Mm-hmm. You just got to come visit me, and I'm gonna show you how to do it. Well, I'll, I'll everything be in, that I do here, all you gotta do is just pick it up and take it there. Yeah, I'll I'll be in Milwaukee um, in. Uh in may and i'm going to be there a little bit of time hopefully you're in chicago around that time the beginning of may to about may 15th so about the first week two weeks in may i'll be in milwaukee and uh hopefully contact you and uh get a chance to check you out you know like i said i i 
man, I really support you. And I'm serious about, I mean, I call a congressperson or somebody like that to see if we Well, can... I'm, I, I met with the Speaker of the House here. Uh, it was, we had a, it was uh, the day, uh, it was on Saturday. We had a, we had a parade. We had a parade here. So I got to meet with the Speaker of the House, several mayors here in Chicago, mm-hmm. school districts. You know, but how, but how I work is I just, I love it when I get to can get things done on my own. Right, right. I build it, then they come. Yeah. So that's how, that's how yeah. I'm looking at it right yeah, now. Yeah, just like when you said, the judge, just like in the movie, uh, uh, you know, build it and they will come, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go down to my little lake or land, uh, mm-hmm. Hopefully, people continue to donate. I use my own money. Mm-hmm. I, I've got some. I got a little bit of star power behind it right now, but I'm going to build this thing out. And uh, my goal is, is people are going to be able to walk by, and I'm going to just be able to hand them a, hand them a box of uh, fruits and vegetables. Here you go. Right I'm going to be able to supply the food bank right on. with fresh fruits and vegetables. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be able to supply the high school in that neighborhood yep. with all the best fruits and vegetables they need. Mm-hmm. Dang, all made from sunlight. Yep. Because I mean, you know, uh, if you don't mess the soil up so bad, you know that really nothing will grow. You know, and when I found out oh, about we we grow it hydroponically. Yeah, we don't need soil anymore. Right. When I found out about, it, I was like, wow, that's <laughs> man. Oh, oh yeah. Or we'll bring soil in. Um, We'll bring soil in for some of the beds. Okay. Just, yeah, because the growing and growing and growing in dirt, there's just something about it. It's just the smell of it, and and just having it there, and then tilling the soil, mm-hmm. and then rotating a crop through it. That's how you teach. That's how you teach kids and teach people how to continuously grow food. There was a gentleman. So, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, please. No, 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 go on. No, I was going to say, there was a gentleman in in Milwaukee named Will Allen. And um, he he grew uh, urban gardening. You know, in fact, uh, when when Barack was still president, he had people come to the White House and they were given uh, awards and probably some money for things they did in their urban areas. And he was one of the finalists, you know. And... uh, I always admired him for the work that he did, uh, teaching people how to grow food in their backyards. And, you know, even if they lived in a um, apartment, you know, outside their windows to grow some herbs and so forth, you know. And so Brother Will Allen, I'm I'm not sure where he is now because I know that his place that he grew uh, food at is, is vacant. It's not happening there, so I'm not sure what he's doing, but kind of reminds me uh you re- kind of remind me because of of how he was dedicated to you know growing food for people in urban areas and uh dealing with the food deserts and and I you know like I said I I respect you tremendously and what you're doing and your commitment and and when you told me about the situation in Flint, that really solidified that, man. You know, 
and and now what you're doing in Jackson and other places around the country and what you probably will be doing on a global level, you know, and, and believe me to me, it should be starting now. You should be so inundated and you should, you know, some, you should have somebody or some group of, not investors, but a group of people putting their monies together, donating their monies together because they have so much money that they're building you factories in various regions and ultimately, ultimately other places in the world to produce these machines. So we know as, 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 as a human uh, species and as part of the chain of animals that we have water. We have water. There is no issue. Um, let me ask you this. You know, and I thought about this when in the train derailment. I thought about this when they talked about acid rain. Mm. You know, and can your can the water machine deal with issues in a community where the atmosphere has been contaminated? Absolutely. The way I designed the machine, when you when you feel the air come in, there's an air filter there. The air goes through the machine. There's another side of the machine. You can feel the air come out. So there's a there's a there's a, like a like a dew point at, for every chemical in the air. So like say if there's a dioxin in the air or DDT in the air or uh, some um, hazardous airborne particulate from a from burning fossil fuel that's in the air as well. Well, there's a temperature where that where that particular chemical will condense and come out of the air or it'll form and come out of the air it could be extremely high or it could be extremely low but there's a temperature where you can get to where that where those hazardous chemicals will come out of the air because they're all part of the periodic table but when you look at water it'll condense at the dew point water h2o that molecule h2o will condense. And so I control the temperature of the machine while the PLC controls the temperature of the machine to only take the H2O molecule, not benzene, not bisphenol A, H2O. Okay. And then I've designed it so the gap, the gaps where the air flows through are wide enough to only take that H2O molecule and all the rest of the air that might have contamination when it comes through, it flows through, goes out the other side. And then when those water drops come down, not only do they go through a micron micron filter, but then they go through three stages of carbon filtration. Nothing is left there but pure water. And what I would like to do in Palestine, if anyone would like to donate the $6,000 that it would cost for me to go over there and do an EPA water test, I'd get my guys at the LCRA down in uh, Texas to come up there. I'll do an EPA water test, and I'll publicize that water test. I'll do that. But that test would cost me $6,000. And I'd publicize that test. I'll test that water, and I'll tell the people what's in it. It's not far from where I live. Man. I do my own water test for my machines, and each one costs me six thousand dollars. 
Wow. Somebody wanted a water test done that would really tell you what's in that water, mm-hmm. I'll go do it and I'll publicize it. Now, that's kind of stuff that gets me hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you, brother. <laughs> I hear you. But you gotta, but but to me, you have to know. You know, I'll do it. Yeah, you have to know. You know, because when they uh, test water after the cryptosporidium situation, after all these other things, and they say uh, the infrastructure was so bad that the pipes had been so deeply corroded and so forth that you know the water is contaminated. And, and and what you're saying is that even if the atmosphere is contaminated, you can still, through your machine, when that water comes into your machine, it only takes the H2O molecule and the rest it kicks to the curb because the H2O molecule is water. And then that goes through a filterization process. So when you open that tap up, what comes out is clean drinkable water that meets all standards, EPA and everybody else's standards. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. When you look at the Apollo has some water quality tests that were done when I was working with the military. Those water quality, quality tests, one was done at Trinity University right next to the intersection of I-10, 281, Highway 35, Car standing still, air so bad, your head is spinning, and the machine still produced water that passed, that exceeded EPA standards and World Health Organization standards. Even though we had ozone quality days and the air was full of hazardous airborne particulates. In Austin, Texas, at Camp Mabry Military Installation, we did two water quality tests there. One for for pre-chlorinated compounds, Forever chemicals, and the other one for just the the, uh, the uh, 35 Schedule F mm-hmm. water test, which tests for every chemical known in the United States to have ever contaminated any well from coast to coast. It's a whole litany of chemicals. They tested for every one of them. I remember when the guy came out to give me that test. He looked at me and he goes, "He goes, who did you piss off?" <laughs> I said, "Why." He goes, nobody passes this test, man. This is the hardest water test in the United States. Wow. Nobody passes it. <laughs> I flew through that test with flying colors. Right. Um, and, there was, and, and there was no hazardous airborne particulates in it. We call them HAPs. Mm-hmm. And that was, it, Austin is, is just solid traffic. And we still just knocked it out of the park. Mm-hmm. This is fantastic, man. I've been busy. Yeah, Brother Apollo just sent me those reports. I tell you, man, Apollo's on it, man. You got a good young man, brother, working with you, man, and and, and his crew. Yeah, he's a a stellar individual. Yeah, really, and his crew. Because that one year, one year, but that one time you couldn't be on, I had him and two other gentlemen, you know, um, that that you're working with, that he's working with. Just fantastic, you know. Uh, I love to get these. in, In fact, it seems that um, when I ask Apollo f- to update me, I mean, sometimes you update, oh, a little bit of here, you know, something incremental, you know? But shit, your ass be doing monumental things, man. <laughs> you know, you be like, wow, you know? <laughs> yeah. 
Because, you know, I, I, I believe you know, and as I know, time is of the essence. You know, you just Absolutely. Can't, so you just can't just lay back and think you guys got to continue to progress in such a way that you, you think that ultimately tomorrow will be the change. Uh, we have a caller, Sister Mama Nabantu. Good afternoon. Oh, good afternoon. Um, I'm glad I had an opportunity to catch um, Moses West again um, in his presentations about his machine, and I'm just so thrilled and proud that we have a black man that's doing something that's going to help the whole world go Yes. And uh, you, I was going to ask the question that you already asked, uh, Brother uh, and that was about if the air is polluted, how does the machine deal with it? So that, that's been answered. Okay. okay. Um, the other thing is that um, I've been trying to reach you, Mr. West, with a sister from Nigeria. She lives here, um, and she's well-connected there. And I wanted to have a, a meeting with her and yourself or any of your representatives to see how we can make this work um, in eastern Nigeria. So how do we make this happen? Oh, I, the, the only thing it is is to uh, submit a purchase order so I can order the parts. I build a machine, and I'll send it to you. Okay. That's it. That's it. And if you, need a, if you need a generator or if you need the solar, I can price out the solar. I can price out the panels, everything that you need. And, uh, so I, I think that there, there needs to be, you know, like they're not hearing what we what I've heard here and prior to this um, presentation. Uh, they need to hear that before they start purchasing because they need to be clear about what it does and how it works. So that's what I wanted to, to have you explain um, that information to them so it's very clear and they understand it. Is that possible? Uh, yes, it is. It's like uh, right now, though. Uh, I'm. I'm in, in Chicago. Yeah. I'm in Chicago. I'm mm -hmm. in. I'm getting ready to build a few more machines, and I'm mm -hmm. going to be working full time with between uh, the the uh, the the hydroponic garden in uh, mm -hmm. in in the food desert. Because the initiative I'm working on right now is to, to eliminate the food desert. We have food deserts all across the United States from coast to coast where people mm -hmm. do not have access to green leafy vegetables or yeah, fruit I, within the city. Yeah, I understand that. I am co-founder of the Black Sustainability Summit and Network that I know you have something of videotapers on our uh, so I'm, I'm very clear about that, and I started working. I'm, I'm a former principal and teacher for 35, 40 years out of California. Well, I taught my students with the uh, University of Davis when they were bringing out hydroponics, and I taught them how to use hydroponics during that time. And now I'm dealing with aeroponics with the, uh, the, the tower garden, which a lot of farmers are buying because in the wintertime, you can still continue to grow your your vegetables and fruits. So um, I, I'm sure you're probably familiar with the Tower Gardens as well. Yes, and we, right now here in Chicago, we have uh, uh, we have lots of people right now that are just waiting, kind of in the wings. 
mm-hmm. to jump on board and do this. I, I would mm-hmm. love to build, put the system in here and then invite the few folks from Nigeria to come down here and see how it's all working. They'll have a full understanding of it. And then I'll eventually, what I want to do is uh, I'm going to build a machine. It's going to be uh, made out of a uh, kind of like tempered glass so that you'll be able to see inside the machine every bit of the process. Wow, yeah, that's cool. So there's so nothing, nothing's, because right now I have a window on the machine. I have a little glass window where you can shine a light in there because people don't believe that so much water is being produced. So you can look into this little window, you can see the, the rainfall in the machine. Do you use the 3D um, projectors? 3D projectors? What is it called? Um, a copy of the 3D uh, printers. So they, they oh, print. no. I, I think there's, there's a couple of items like a 3D print. There, because right now, the with the supply chain issues the way they are, I had to make a couple of components for the machines that I just, uh, this contract I just filled. Mm-hmm. So some things I used to order from companies that, know, that I can't get them, and it takes me eight months to get those parts. What mm-hmm. I've done now is I've just had, I sat down with my engineers and my design team, and I, I designed my own components, and I made them myself. Mm. Yeah, it's just bit. bringing it, bringing industry back to America. We gave all mm-hmm. our industry to the Chinese. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. That's, that's, yeah. a, that's definitely a security issue. Mm-hmm. So I'm getting around that security issue by bringing jobs back to the United States because this was, these, this component was made in Europe. Well, now I just built it here in the United States, and I no longer have to order it from Europe. And as I continue mm-hmm. to build more machines, I'm going to build more of my own components right here. So I'm bringing my industry back to the country. Well, that's great. There's a brother here named T.J. Lofton. That um, he was the one that came up with the um, the cars. What do you call those cars that rise up and low down? riders? Yeah, yeah, yeah. T.J. was on my program last week. Low riders. He does oh. a lot with uh, real estate. Yeah, low riders. Yeah. Yeah, but he he came across the same problem as he was trying to rebuild mm-hmm. and couldn't find the parts. And he was able to create the part himself mm-hmm. and uh, make millions off of that part because um, they had stopped making a part that was needed. I can't remember exactly it was part of a, mm-hmm. a car right. that he was um, building these hyd- hydroponic, well, not a hydroponic, hydraulics. Yeah, um, hydraulics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. that he was using that, that part for. Yeah, to make the car jump up and um, down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and they use it in the movies. Of course, they took a lot of it away from him. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I'd like to know when is a good time um, to come down whenever. I mean, I don't know how to, I guess, to continue to watch the website or to see when you're coming back down to, uh, you know, show how this works. You know, seeing well, right. uh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll publicize the, the uh, process that I'm going through as a uh-huh. uh, like as soon as I finish, as soon as I finish the the radio show today, mm-hmm. uh, I have to go look at some some greenhouses that I'm buying, mm-hmm. and uh, then I have to go rent the equipment to take them apart. So <laughs> even when I jump <laughs> off the show, I I'm I'm out of the door going to work. So mm-hmm. this is a this is a daily thing for me. Mm-hmm. Are you hoop houses as well, ma'am? Are you the hoop houses? 
the hoop houses are just like the. Um, oh yes! Oh, you talking about high? I call them high houses. <laughs> okay, because I know some, uh, you can get those for free. You don't have to pay for them. Right. I'm I'm looking at high houses. The this this is a frame glass structure, and that's going to be the main one. That's ten thousand mm-hmm. square feet. But then mm-hmm. the rest of the acre, I'm putting on I'm putting the hoop houses on the high houses. Oh, okay, okay. So the high houses will be on, and and since I don't have any shortage of water, uh, not only will I use the hydropon the uh, uh, hydroponics, but mm-hmm. I'll also just just continue to uh, I'll just mist and spray water in them as well. Mm-hmm. Because I, yeah. I don't have any shortage of water. Absolutely not. And, <laughs> no, not for Moses West. Water's not an issue. <laughs> no, and then working on then and the way it's not, the way it is now with the high houses, the hoop houses. I'm going to be able to grow year round and produce yeah. water year round. Yeah. So whatever I build on that acre, all you have to all you have to do when they come from Nigeria, you just have to say I want this acre in Nigeria. I will build it all, and then you know, just assemble it there. Okay, so this is going to be in Chicago, the acre you're talking this, about. This right? one here, it has to be in Chicago because I live here and I have oh, so many conferences that I have to go to. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I had to move out of Texas. Oh, okay. I, okay. I just, no, I, I, no, no, no. Yeah, you had to have access <laughs> I, I, to. Right now, yeah. right now I, live in the land, I live in the land of Lincoln. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How long have you been there? I've been here for uh, a year and October, November, December, mm-hmm. about a year and four months. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, because uh, there's a lot of folks I know there. Um, definitely, I talk about you all the time because I work with the Independent African Center Schools here in Atlanta. And, uh, you know, they have a science fair every year. And we're hoping that next year they can uh, learn how to replicate that science to help people understand how it works. That'll be okay. great. Yeah. I always like to go to the science fair, the African Center Schools Science Fair is outstanding. Well, brother, we at that time. Yeah, we're at we're up against the clock. Thanks, Mama Nabantu. Appreciate you. Uh brother yeah, Moses, you got you. any any remarks that you want to make before you we uh get up out of here? Oh yeah, the only thing I can say is just please donate to the Moses West Foundation and let's let's get this done. Yeah, we've got a. I want to I want to have this one up and running uh, in the summer, so I've, uh, I'm 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 pressed for time. It's going to get warm soon. Right, <laughs> right, exactly. Well, listen, and all your donations are greatly appreciated. Whatever amount. Whatever amount, and I'll whatever amount. Yeah, I'll I'll emphasize that every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, you know, on my program, brother. And like I said, you know, I, I've agreed to donate once a month, uh, you know, and uh, to me, it is truly a a cause worth donating for. Now, I ain't saying all the others are not, but when you consider the gravity of the situation and what we're experiencing, you know, water is a is is a necessity and we need to donate to help this cause you know okay. yes it's a life force yes it is it is so thank you brother moses thank you mama about to all your other listeners appreciate you very much we end this program 
like we end all of our programs with the words of Stephen Biko. The most potent weapon in the hands of the oppressor is the mind of the oppressed. This program is dedicated and committed to helping to free the African mind. But not just the M-I-N-D, but the M-I-N-E, because under the feet of African people lies all of the resources everybody wants, think they can't do without, and they sure in hell don't want to pay for it. Brothers and sisters, you have a blessed and wonderful day. Shem Hotep means go in peace. Asante Sana means thank you. Bibi Fahodier means our victorious dis our victorious destiny. Bibi Fahodier. Brothers and sisters, we will be victorious. Have a blessed, wonderful day. Hope to see you on Wednesday. Peace, family. Peace.